Hello, everybody. We'd like to take a moment to dedicate this episode and many more to come to Wesley Sullivan, one of our patrons. Wesley recently passed away, and even though he can no longer support us, we will continue to list him as he supported us for a long time, and he was a really good guy, and we're really going to miss him. So this one's for you, Wesley. Welcome to Dustrious. Keep your dots rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride. Welcome to Dustrous, a high fantasy, high magic, homebrew world in the Pathfinder system with custom magic rules. This and Eldritch Dream Games production is made possible by our patrons, Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, and Robin Mims. We encourage you to stick around after this story to hear about the great projects these people are working on. But for now, let's get to today's episode. The last time, y'all had... Woken up after the big fight, Russell and Brigard went to the temple to visit Rick's body, which was not there. Y'all spent about a day trying to track it down and figure out what had happened with no answers. And then spent the next few days rebuilding the town and finally kind of shared with each other your own personal experiences and, and what had happened and had a party and got drunk at which you had an uninvited guest when Rick showed up after the party and tried to start a fight with Russell. In the end, y'all were at least being civil to each other, if not completely friendly, um, and had started a discussion about this book that Brigard had gotten from Kat and how to find out the secret to this book. Brigard and Russell had gone in to go to bed it was like four in the morning Mm -hmm. um, with the plans of speaking to Lila the next day and Rick had gone back to his house to spend his evening studying I believe you were studying binding rituals yeah uh, for devils and the like right and uh, you would also before daybreak and having to return to your other house would receive your four vials from Ari. Huzzah. I shall add those. She told you she'd have them done before sunup. Mm-hmm. So, I imagine being up all night with the party and stuff, y'all are probably not getting up uh, just a couple hours later with the crack of dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, one of uh, Brigger's first nights of uh, actually drinking and he uh, he was in his cups, as <laughs> they say. <laughs> so it's probably going to be uh, later in the day, maybe even lunchtime or so before the two of you decide to join the waking world. So, Mr. I don't sleep anymore. <laughs> Is there anything you were doing while these boys are sleeping? Um, while they are sleeping, uh, I, I did the I did my studying got, got the stuff yes, got your files um, return return to Gav's place yes and uh, while I'm there I think I'm gonna do some more reading up on outsiders uh, the cycle of souls and uh, that sort of thing okay so you are continuing your studies basically yeah 
since you don't have to sleep uh, while you were reading, were you like pacing in your basement? Possibly. Were you were you pacing on the walls and ceilings? No, I I have to have my hands for that. (laughs) Okay, not a cool vampire then. No, apparently not. I don't I don't have slippers of spider climb. I actually have to use my hands. Okay, so anything in particular you need to know? I uh, I I don't suppose specifically. He's looking into how to harness harness out the knowledge of outsiders as well as um uh how to use souls um or fragments thereof. Because uh, I think by this point he would have figured out that that scythe he got uh, can sort of like sliver off little pieces of souls, and he's looking into uh, looking into that potential use. The scythe he got remind me um, the the one that Brainer had the metal that it's made of was uh, called okay. spire yeah. steel. Yeah, uh, I got you. All right. So, eventually, the two of you will wake up. Um, Russell, you're an old pro at having a few drinks yeah. and, and sleeping it off. <laughs> Brigard, not so much. I imagine your head's pounding a bit. Yep. So about the time Brigard starts to stir, Russell, uh, Russell will walk out of the kitchen, extra cup of coffee in hand. Here you go, big guy. <laughs> oh, dude. Russell, please stop shouting. I'm right here. It'll be okay. Just drink drink that and then fill that cup up with water two or three times. I can make water, Russell. However you choose to do it, that's up to you. <laughs> Just don't ask me to drink it if you make it. <laughs> Poor Brigger. <laughs> Uh, you uh, you want me a few minutes? Yes, just a bit to collect myself. How are you feeling? Eh, you learn to live with it. Besides, you you also uh, you also learn when to stop. <laughs> it was it seemed impolite to turn down offered beverages. Yeah, I've got a feeling a couple of our guests realized you thought that too, but. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. You just, uh, I'll teach you how to do the math one day. If you can, uh, calculate your blood alcohol level in your head, you can have another drink. Too many words. Please slow down. Where's Rick? I imagine he's still at his place reading or studying or whatever. Are you in a better place now? Well, Brigid, I was in a okay place before I went to bed last night. I'm, I ain't the one who snuck in and tried to hit anybody. And uh, speaking of, uh, ruined uh, my uh, my weapons and my one article I got to bring to this world from home. Um, speaking of that, though, uh, you take a minute, drink that coffee, and I'll be, I'll be right back down. How about that? That's so Rick. <laughs> um, as a note, your revolver, I only dealt ultimately one damage to it so it's not even broken broken yes I'm I'm, I'm aware I've still had to fix it <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
And with that, Russell's going to head upstairs to those clumps of steel that were his his uh, pistol and his rifle and start dealing out coins and start casting spells and building up his craft check to start fabricating guns. All right. It really doesn't take too long to uh, do these with magic. Yeah, with Draga's help, it, it won't take me too long to get the spell spell chains built up. Right. I forgot about Draga. That was Don. That wasn't Breaker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when 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 she's when she's hiding in his consciousness, you know, it's easy to forget about her. But yeah, he'll Russell sit there in his room and deal out like six or seven coins going from copper to gold to help him remember which spells as he starts casting the lower level buff spells into the copper, mid-levels into the silver, upper levels into the gold, and starts burning them and then casting Fabricate until he's happy with the results. So, All right, so what kind of guns are you making? I am making um, what was listed in the document you gave me as mm-hmm. a uh, number 21 pistol, which was the closest thing I could find to the semi-auto that you had uh, Russell draw a picture of. Right. And an equivalent rifle. All right. Um, did did Russell draw the picture of the semi-auto? Yes. Did I do? I need to drink. <laughs> Wasn't it Rick that drew the semi-auto? No. Since he... no. 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 Russell he, he did drew. it through a psychic spill. Oh, okay. I see. My bad. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not uh, trying to get you drunk. Okay. <laughs> I'll say I didn't even bring any fun drinks out until the second round this evening, so. <laughs> but yeah, no, he'll he'll sit there and then he's eventually going to look at his revolver from home and just kind of sigh and start laying down more rows of coins and begin using the steel from that gun to fabricate a second semi-auto. Okay. Oh. And yeah, and a uh, good bit of time later, he'll come down two pistols and a rifle and an array of bullets. So Russell has shiny new guns now, Brigard. How are you feeling after having um, some time to recover? He uh, he drank the coffee. It, it burned his mouth greatly. He didn't realize uh, you weren't supposed to knock it back like a like a potion. Uh, so he's <laughs> nursing a bit of a burnt mouth, burnt tongue. But um, when he went to refill the the mug of coffee for water he found that uh he's not able to create water anymore and he's just standing there looking at an empty mug willing water to fill in (laughs) russell yeah brigid when i underwent my visit from my patron asmodeus it appears what i was given took away things that i had i I can no longer make water, Russell. Real quick, Brigard, when you say you can't make water. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm plenty I'm I am plenty hydrated. I made I made water in the traditional sense, but I'm I'm no longer able to create water. Well, hell. Um well here, give me a second. And yeah, Russell will reach over and grab a water skin out of the kitchen or something equivalent to hold that level of water and (laughs) create water into the bucket real quick or yeah a pot there we go and he'll uh he'll just 
put it on the counter over there for Brigard. Well, um, I take it you'll have to uh, feel out where your new abilities lie, but um, I, I hope it was a worthy trade. I, I feel very powerful, but it, I, I rather liked having the ability to create, and uh, it's just going to take some more learning. Oh, don't worry about it. You'll get there. And uh, besides, in the meantime, there was a time before any of us could just magically create water and whatnot. Well, uh, you you survived it then. You'll survive it now. Yes, I'm just I'm curious to see the extent of the gains and losses of my abilities. It's, it's it's rather exciting. Actually, I've, I feel like we just left Fort Veshna with, I, I, let me rephrase. I feel as I did when we left Fort Veshna with all the learning we gained and I'm, I'm very excited to try this out. You, you seem to have, any he eyes the uh, shiny metal <laughs> hanging off of him now? Yeah. You have new trinkets. Are those more, are those more Firearms. Yeah, I um, you know, figured it was a uh, time for for an upgrade, and uh, well, frankly, they look so nice that uh, I ain't so worried about the pistol being defunct. I uh, I went ahead and salvaged it for parts. Figured, uh, frankly, I'm uh, I've got more of a home here than I ever did in where we came from family wasn't much of a concern and uh i'm growing a business why am i worried about staying attached to a place that i obviously got no intention of going back to when you said um you you, you have you now have two semi-automatic semi-automatic yeah. two semi-automatics when, two two semi-auto pistols and one semi-auto rifle okay. when you said uh they look so nice i thought you were going to say i crafted them twice Oh, <laughs> now I want to. <laughs> this, this, this is why Brigard is my mom's favorite character. <laughs> we still need to order her a t-shirt. I'll get on it this weekend. Uh, so uh, Brigger will, uh, he'll grab the water skin and, uh, put onto his belt and uh, around his I feel like by by now Brigger's gotten enough sense he has he doesn't have like a cool belt but he's got a simple belt where he can hang a, a hatchet his uh, sur- he still has that survival knife and uh, he now has a water skin but uh, as he starts to walk back towards the door of Russell's house uh, the, the the water skin's gonna like kind of flap against his side and he's gonna it's gonna it's, it's just gonna ever so slightly show on his face that he's annoyed that something is uh off ever so slightly oh <sighs> poor Brigard. <laughs> I, I just say that too much but poor Brigard. <laughs> all right so what are y'all doing first <laughs> um rick's yeah rick rick is held up for the, for uh, out of the sun, which y'all would know that. Mm. So yeah, I think uh, we're going to try to talk to Miss Lila this morning. Or mm. I believe you were going to try to talk to her, and I was going to stand in to translate. <laughs> yep. All right. So 
Y'all are going to head to uh, Lila's house. I can talk, I promise. Um, when y'all leave out of your house, uh, of course, uh, you'll have some of the construction workers sitting around outside. They've kind of waiting for y'all to get up and <laughs> get about because they, they don't want to be a disturbance. So they got about four hours of uh, pay without having to do any work. Good on them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, after they drank most of the liquor last night, too. (laughs) Um, But you will also notice that there is a a crew working over at Rick's place. As as y'all are leaving out. So any way I could hazard a guess at what they're they're doing? They're very obviously replacing the windows. Mm. Uh, that would make sense. And uh, do they look different to us? Uh, the the windows that are being put in are stained glass, um, very much like y'all encountered at Gav's house, mm-hmm. except that these are solid black, except in the center, they have an image that is the same as the mask he wears. Which, Sean, if you want to describe that mask again in case somebody has missed that description, you can. Okay, so the mask, uh, the mask kind of has like this semi generic devilish face uh, with large, uh, almost like tusk like teeth. Um, It has, it's, it's, narrow and kind of gaunt with white skin and red around the eyes uh, and two uh, hooked horns that come off of it. So so this image is um, in the middle of these panes of glass. How big on a standard window would you say this is? Like real, like one-to-one scale? Um, yeah, it's it's a fairly sizable image. The uh, The glass surrounding it is solid black. Um, and this is in the center, but it, it's a pretty good scale. It, it takes up a good portion of the window. Okay, uh, Brigard will see that symbol and look around at all the uh, the nice woodwork he's done over the last couple days and uh, kind of harumph to himself and doesn't really keep in with the, the aesthetic I was going for, but I'm, I'm just glad to have our friend back. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, big guy, you... Uh... You ever get through whittling over at his place, you know, uh, you know, you've got a whole nother house to work at over here. And and that'll brighten, that'll perk Brigard up a bit, and he'll he'll continue. Just think the idea of opulence. Opulence. Yes. Fancy. Fancy. If everything's fancy enough, this is what I've learned. It doesn't matter if the aesthetic matches. The aesthetic is that it's all fancy. I will give fancy a chance. I just hope it doesn't let me down. <clears throat> now I am eager to see what Brigard's interpretation of fancy is. <laughs> I'm really pleased with myself for that one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was a good one. <laughs> so uh, y'all will make your way through town um the uh, things are getting more or less back to normal um 
And you will see that there's actually some work going on over at the tavern to start rebuilding it now that homes have been taken care of and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but y'all will make your way around back of the city hall to what is essentially the front door of the mayor's home. When you knock upon the door and a servant woman will answer and uh, yes, um, can I help you? Dravik's not home right now. He's at City Hall. Yes, ma'am. Um, we were actually hoping to speak with uh, Miss Lila if she's available. Oh, yeah. Um, come this way. Um, you can wait in the sitting room and I'll, I'll, I'll fetch her. And he'll go ahead and sign and speak at the same time from that point and just be like, thank you. So this woman will run off and up the stairs and let y'all get comfortable. And this is a a, a very nice, Russell, this is a good example of fancy. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if you want to uh, point it yeah. out to, to Brigard. Yeah. Uh, they Look have around. very nice furniture and decor in here. Bruh, we're going to go for something about like this probably yeah pretty damn close okay uh Brigard is uh gonna pull out of his uh pack a uh some paper and some uh charcoal and start sketching some of this because he's been doing that ever since uh he started taking up the whittling thing he's been drawing all, all the all the races he's come across he's been doing a lot of that but he's also gonna kind of uh doodle to himself and just uh yeah, I think the thing that would probably stand out most to Brigard is uh, the furniture and tables, chairs, the functional pieces. The They don't have just standard legs and arms and stuff on them. They're very intricate. They have designs in them. Some of them very, very fine, small work. Mm. Um, and then there is a lot of artwork within the room as well on the walls and little statuettes and things of that nature. <sighs> Uh, if you could uh, subscribe a style to real world that we know aesthetics, could you uh, could you pinpoint one, or is there is there like one like a style um, this is favoring just just for flavor? It's, it's all it's all very Victorian. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Burger's going to go to the servant woman if she's still there and ask uh, who did the previous woodwork because it's beautiful. She would tell you that uh, there is a man in town that does carpentry work. Um, his name is Krubin. C-R-U-B-E-N, if you're writing that down. Krubin, okay, I am. He lives uh, over in the, the poorer district of town, but he has a stall uh, in the market district where he has uh, some more just functional goods that he keeps for sale. Uh, but he does take special orders and requests. Okay. Uh, Brigard may, um, he, he's, he's on task, but, uh, he would, he'll, he'll file that away in his, um, now created mine file cabinet. But it would not be long before Lila came down. Um, Russell, you you have def you, you rescued her, so you've seen her before, but she wasn't necessarily in the best of shape at that point. 
Um, I think this is the first time Briggard's actually met her, though, is it not? I believe so, unless yes. it happens since the, uh, since the rescue. She is, when you first look at her, you, you think Drow. Um, if you take a, 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 a better inspection of her, she is lighter in color than the other Drow in her family. Um, she looks like she's probably somewhere if you were going to put her in a human age range between 13 and 15 years old mm-hmm. but of course being elf, elven she is a bit taller than your average 13 to 15 year old girl okay she will walk in the room and, and kind of look around and like She'll get this look on her face, almost like she's kind of scrutinizing what she sees. And she'll nod her head and she will sign towards you, Russell, and, and say, you're the one that pulled me out. Yes, I am. We were hoping to come by and see how you were doing. I am doing well. Uh, I was hoping to figure out and understand what they were up to. But... Uh, didn't get the chance. Fair enough. Uh, I think uh, we were also hoping to see if you had any insight on that as well. But uh, also, my friend Brigard here had some questions for you. I'm going to start translating. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. Yeah, and at this point on, we're presuming anything she says, Russell's going to going to start saying back and. As she would tell you, as far as what I know of the slavers, I've, I've given this information to Rick. He has it. That's odd. We were saying we we're going to come talk to you, and he didn't. Oh well. Uh, this this was not this was not today. This uh, shortly after he woke up, shall we say? Yes. So, what does your friend need? Greetings, Lila. I am Brigord. I'm one of the, the the nobles of this town, I suppose. I've I've recently had an experience that led me to believe I led me to believe that I am tasked with a quest of uncovering weapons left behind, and I've been unable to unlock the secrets of this book. And through our tests and experiments, we were led to you. Do you know anything of this? Um, I would like y'all to make perception checks right quick. Sure thing. 27. That's a uh, 19. Okay, yeah, so both of y'all would notice when uh, Brigard says that he's one of the nobles in town, she will kind of scrunch her face up. Uh, She does not seem to like this this being said at all. But if you uh, hold the book out to her, she will reach out and take it. Uh, he's, he'll hand the book and say, um, apologies for the poor joke, but in, in exchange for our services to this city, we were given these homes that I were I was told were to be used for, by nobles. But I, I'm, I'm not a noble man myself. I am... Of course not. You're a man. I, My brother is stupid. Just let me see the book, please. Really glad this tone is being portrayed across ASL. Uh, and he'll just uh, <laughs> hand the, yeah, hand the book over. Russell might have edited that one a little bit. <laughs> she will take the book. Um, 
And like the minute she sees what it is, there is a definite recognition on her face. Hmm. And she will inspect it for a minute and hand it back to you. Cast the tech thoughts. Okay. Uh, is there a save or is it? would there... be a will save. Um, will save. So, what is it? Grad. Spell level is it? Well, I, I doubt she passed it because uh, it's uh, 10 plus level and she's only got a 10 on this. Uh, yeah, her her initial thought is is basically no th- these idiots don't deserve this. Burger won't deny that. <laughs> <laughs> but when she hands the book back, she will sign and, and be like, uh, "It is the book of prophecy." How do I unlock it and understand what this prophecy foretells? Well, it's a book of prophecy for Asmodeus's followers. Uh, yes, he was the one that came to me in my between-death moments. He he t- tasked me with this in exchange for uh, abilities that I that I agreed up to. And yes, I, I guess I'm an, a new follower, uh, a, a novice, an initiate of Asmodeus now. Oh, the queens are going to love this. So you're telling me that you are a follower of Asmodeus. You have been given the single most important book and you're not smart enough to figure it out uh that is that is exactly what i'm saying i'm, I'm still learning i i do not profess to be a master i'm i've just taken my first steps in this i've never followed a deity before do you could you point me to someone who could teach me the ways a little better asmodeus was as as i assume as i as i would presume many deities are they were less than wholly forthcoming what do you know of Asmodeus? I knew very little at the time. I knew that I was dead. I was being brought back. But if if I wanted to be more powerful, I, I would need to accept his ways, his powers. And I've, I've recently discovered that some of my previous abilities have gone away. So I... But what do you know of him? Hmm. Um, I, I know he is from a certain point of view what some would be considered an an evil deity but he seemed fairly amenable to me when he was offering me my life back with these abilities Russell Russell will be playing the loyal uh, translator at this point and but he won't be able to help but cough a little bit when Brigard says his life back <laughs> um uh Russell here and he'll hand uh Russell the the water skin you're Asmodeus. He is the father of all creation in a way. He penned the contract of creation. The book that you hold, it was created at the dawn of time. It has no written words that you can see because the words and the prophecies appear based on what you need to know. They can be different for every follower who views the book. So others have wielded this book before and I'm just the next in a long line? Oh yes. And only a follower of Asmodeus can read it. Should it not unlock its secrets to me? Or do I need to further prove myself? I'm sure you could read it. If you know, you puzzled out what it takes to read it. 
we were able to narrow down that the answers to unlocking it are in this town and I know that it takes no magic I know I do not need to hurt anyone in order to unlock it but that was the extent and in in that process we were in a roundabout way brought here so this was my next step on this journey of understanding she'll kind of shake her head like she looks almost in disbelief and she's like I get that a lot let's let's try this again what is the book made of stained glass yes it is glass what passes through glass well you throw someone through it no Uh, no light there you go you're starting to catch on now if the book was made at the dawn of creation what kind of light do you think needs to pass through it? Uh, I learned in Fort Feshna that sometimes opposites attract. Would it be the, the light from dusk? No, no, it would not be. Then it would need to be the, the light from the dawn. Very good. You can be taught. I just need to say that I am playing this up. <laughs> okay, all right, like... As I'm doing this intentionally, I'm like, oh, you, you, you fool. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I, sorry. I broke immersion, but like, I, I just really felt really, really bad. And I was like, this is a poor representation of me. Um, in the back of his head, <laughs> Russell's thinking to Droaga. Well, hell, I was hoping it'd take him longer to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so the light of a dawn as it was made in the light of a dawn, I need to, I need to rise with the sun, which I, I have not been able to do. Yes, and hopefully you can read. Do you know what language it will show me? Well, no. I'm not a follower of Asmodeus. I don't know what will show on its pages. But as I'm a follower of Asmodeus, it, it would, it would be I, I I certainly hope Asmodeus didn't expect me to learn a language in the span of a day. I do know spells. There are spells w- that could unlock languages. Russell, you can you can do those such spells, correct? I can't hear you if you're talking. Sorry, I was muted. Um, okay. <laughs> Russell, will, Russell will nod his head and be like, yeah, I'm sure a couple of idiots like us can puzzle it out and he'll sign his response for Lila's benefit. <laughs> She's still kind of chuckle and she'll be like, well, I would think that someone like Asmodeus was, uh, is smart enough to realize that whatever he shows you needs to be something that you can understand. Very well. Uh, you seem to know a fair amount, even though you are not a follower of Asmodeus. Do you follow another deity? I I uh, consider myself a daughter of the Angels of Vengeance. They sound very powerful. Uh, they are powerful. They have been held back 
some by your Asmodeus, but uh, we will change that. I do not understand. Asmodeus holds them back in what way? Well, hell is kind of it's kind of like the surface world here. They let the men be in charge. Just because they are men, they are given power over others for no other reason? Surely women can be held in positions of power? As I say, we're getting there. Is Asmodeus often disregard other genders? Sweetie, Asmodeus is top of the food chain. He disregards everybody. But he he saw fit to regard me and bestow upon me this quest and these powers. Well, of course, he needs somebody. The gods don't come down here and just roam around willy-nilly. Their work here gets done because of the people that follow them. But the other <laughs> Denzians of hell, I wouldn't say he's necessarily fond of all of them. Of course, you can't blame him. Most of them want to see him dead so that they can try to, t- you know, play King of the Hill themselves. Oh. That, was my, that was my Hank Hill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was Burn terrible. down for what? <laughs> Hellfire and Hellfire accessories. <laughs> that's, that's even better. You made it better. Um, daughter, daughters of Vengeance? They are the angels of vengeance. Angels of vengeance. Do you have one? Is there one deity that oversees these angels? There, there's four of them. They they work together in conjunction. Uh, didn't didn't we also come here about the well? Wasn't she a clue in the well mystery? Or am I confusing? She was on the pirate ship when the or the slaver ship. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, I, I know, yeah, I know that. I thought like she was also she. I, I seem to recall last session like she was also like a keystone part of another thing. She was drawing images from her psychic uh, visions of the girls that went missing, but nothing to do with the well at all. I'm, I'm clearly, my notes are kind of all over the place with arrows and everything. Um. Somebody get down a conspiracy board. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna jump to conclusions, Matt. Pepe Sylvia. I don't know what that was. That was Sean. You don't have to know what it was. Just keep <laughs> your head and keep yeah, going. Fair enough. Um, uh, I, I I appreciate you taking time out of your day to see to us. Is there uh, is there anything that I might do in exchange? No. Russell, did you have anything? Yeah, Russell looked towards Lila and Sign. And um, how fares your sister? I haven't seen her. She's hiding from Dravik. <sighs> but uh, Zal says she's well enough. Well, fair enough. If there's um, if anything comes up that you think I may be able to lend some aid in some way, please let me know. I will remember that. I may have use for you at some point. Your sister may. Technically, you owe me, child. 
that is where you were wrong. Oh, shit. And Brigard understands none of this because they're just signing at each other. This is awesome. <laughs> Offer made. You can do with it as you will. And he'll look up and be like, yep, yeah, I guess that's about it, Brigard. You ready to go? Yes, I'm I'm ready. Are you feeling better? Do you need more water? I'm uh, I'm doing just fine. And he'll uh, he'll bow to Lila and make his way back out. Alright. He'll give a a more traditional goodbye and head out with Brigard. Alright. So uh the serving lady will of course show you to the door and close the door behind you. So it seems if we had not celebrated last night, I might have already had answers to the next step. This this will have to go on hold until the morning. What else did we have in mind before we saw Rick? Well, I, uh, I know you and Rick wanted to uh, help the uh, help with the uh, the girl who was getting picked on by the others. I mean, not saying I don't want to help. I just don't see where it's our affair. You don't want to help a troubled girl escape bullying? I I don't mind helping someone not get bullied. My line of reasoning is is there's an entire community of supposedly concerned, open-minded people who are all about equality amongst each other. And for some reason or another, they don't seem to have done a damn thing about it. Now... Either they're all incredibly ignorant or they're all incredibly conceited. And um, I've got a whole lot of reason to believe that the people here aren't nearly as ignorant as they would like us to think. That is suspicious that they would let one of their own face such hardships in in such a welcoming community. Should we speak to someone? Should we speak to Zav? Well... Frankly, I think we've got a mission to uh, recover holy artifacts, and uh, it sounds like a lot of people are gearing up for a really big fight. I'm not trying to say you should ignore the problem, I suppose. We've got a day. we got till tomorrow morning before we can reach a book. So I guess if we're going to do something, we might as well look into that. Very well. Uh... He was at City Hall, so I I guess he would be the man to speak to. Okay, so I don't know what you've got in your notes about Iva, so I'm just going to kind of recap for you some of the things that you did find out, uh, basically, when you talked to Darlene about her on the way back. Um, She does sometimes uh, still go over to the schoolhouse, even though she's older than most of the girls. Uh, Darlene said that uh, the school teacher there, Sammy, would probably know uh, more about her and the other kids and their interactions with each other. Um, And she did tell you that Iva doesn't speak to people. She doesn't make eye contact with people. that she lives over in the poorer part of town which y'all did see her hanging the butterflies over there while work was going on over there okay i have a note here i have a butterflies and then i I remember brigard picking up that design and 
making attempts at that. Okay, I do have that part. I don't know why my note taking skimmed over the important part. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. So yeah, uh, as far as the kids themselves, Sammy is the person who knows the most about that at being the school teacher. And you do know that uh, after Iva's father passed, um, she would go into the inn and, and Vari would give her food, uh, new clothing when she needed it, things of that nature. Best luck will be talking to the school teacher then. Which the schoolhouse is right there near where y'all are at. Uh, it's like just across the way. Okay, if you look there on the little map, you can see it. Of course, that would be the one last thing I did not have open. Uh, it's pinned. You would also know that the kids aren't in school much right now. It is the uh, latter part of summer. So uh, many of them are at home, working fields, getting ready for the fall planning, that kind of thing. Uh, and could you remind me real quick what uh, what crop or crops that they did here? Because I do remember that there were fields they, they tend to grow a variety of stuff here um it's part of the reason the farmlands are so settled is there something special about the soil here yes okay i remember that that lets everything grow better so they grow, grow everything from like corn and food items mm-hmm. to things like cotton and flax um and then of course there are are some that uh actually do the ranching with the cattle and the sheep and goats. There's all okay, the sheep uh, and goats in there. Being someone from a civilization like this, is the amount of yield that this area has like mind-boggling, or is it just yes. like just real? Oh, yes. okay, okay. So you know, teensy bit of metagaming, but I mean, Brigard having coming from this, he would know, you know, you know, a good crop yield, good, uh, you know, good harvest or whatever, and everything he's been experiencing and is uh being faced with i think he's he's finally getting an inkling of um critical thinking skills and um russell what if this area's bountiful harvest isn't wholly due to the soil soil is good and irrigation is important and good farming methods are vital for success but this this puts my own my, my people's own abilities to shame. Well, I just always figured that in a world where everybody could do magic, every farmer would do what he could to make sure the crops grew as well as they could. I didn't, uh, I didn't necessarily think there was anything unusual afoot about it, given where we're at. Triggered. Make me an intelligence check, babe. Oh, God. Um, oh, I have a plus two now. Thank you, Asmodeus. <laughs> Uh, that's a 17. <laughs> you do remember that part of the story Asmodeus told you was about a god named Aristotle? Yes. That had blessed these lands uh, after the Twilight's War, but that had gone missing. Just as Asmodeus is a god of deals. That's kind of what I got from that skim. Yeah, he, he, God of contracts, uh, ruler of hell and all that. Perhaps another God is influencing this area as well. It could be. And it could be another in our 
arsenal of powerful beings. Perhaps someone here is a is a champion. No, not champion. That's a Turner. Is a, is a no? I, I feel like I'm getting too metagamey at this point. Um, it certainly seems like they put their all into this agriculture. Yeah, uh, I imagine so. I mean, they said it was all farmers before they grew the town, before they started the town out here. What you uh, what's got you worried about that, Brigid? I'm not worried. It's. I think because I was confronted by a god, I, I I feel I may be seeing gods all over. It's it could be magic, but it, it could be something more. This this world that we've we've been in for just uh, not a very long time. It's I thought I was beginning to get things figured out, but it feels as if it's 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 opened up even further. <coughs> And he'll hand the water skin back over. Russell, take a drink. And yeah, I uh, I don't know. I always just figured it was farmers making sure everything got enough food and water. You're right. It, it could just be an overactive imagination. I've never been accused of such, but I've never met a flaming god with hooves and a flaming mace before either. Well, that that makes two of us, or. I suppose one of us now. Y'all, y'all uh, are going over towards the schoolhouse. Um, and when you knock upon the door, a woman comes to answer that, based on your experience with uh, the Ifrit twins from the slaver ship, you can identify pretty quickly that she is Ifrit. Um. She is, she is small. She's only about 5'4". Um, and when she opens the door, there is a teenage boy standing behind her um, that kind of towers over her. Um, and I'll, we'll put that picture in there as well. And uh, she will look at you and go, well, uh, I take it to you two are not students. No, well, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's learning to be done, but uh, no, Russell, Russell Clark, and he'll he'll hold out a hand. Uh, she will shake your hand. Uh, my my name is Sammy, uh, and this is my son Tristan. You're you're the new travelers, yes? Yes, and he'll he'll look over towards Tristan because he's heard this is the mute son, right? You know, it'll make good solid eye contact and speak and sign kind of as a I know how to you know you can talk to me hello Tristan and uh he'll kind of smile and wave at you and uh Sammy will look at you and I'm impressed not not too many people can do that it, it was a language on my world as well uh well please uh, come in we we were just about to uh have a late lunch if if you care to join us. That would be most appreciative. Um, and they're little. They have basically like a a little apartment on the back of the schoolroom that has a general area with uh, like sitting furniture and, and a kitchen and table and a couple of other rooms off of it. it it's nothing fancy. Um, and 
It's very tidy, though. She she obviously is a very organized person. I should be just tell y'all, uh, please just uh, have a seat. And, uh, I'll get things on the table, but uh, of course, uh, talk. I, I, tell me what it is I can help with. Yeah, well, um, it's kind of one of those roundabout situations and don't get me wrong, I still feel half alive, halfway like we're sticking our nose in where it doesn't belong. But um, we were charged with uh, investigating the issue with the slavers recently. And, well, we all know how that wound up. But um, beforehand, um, we had discovered a genie who had taken up residence in a well outside of town. Um, and apparently some girls were going out there and doing the whole, you know, wishing to meet their true love, so on, so on. And he was giving them directions. And the matter of whether or not what the genie's intent was is still up for debate. I'm not personally the biggest fan. But um, this was causing the girls to wander outside of town. This was causing them to be spotted by the slavers. The genie's defense was that he was protecting his granddaughter. His granddaughter. Our descendant, I believe. Um, so Asuli then? No, uh, Iva. Yes, uh, Iva is Asuli. Oh. She, um, she doesn't know it. She doesn't understand it, I don't think. Uh, her story's a little bit of a sad tale, I'm afraid. She and, uh, her father... Well, they were from down near Valinor. I, I suppose you heard of Valinor. Passed through on our way up. Um, they lived outside of town because her mother was a half-gen. And uh, her father was a tailor, and he would travel into town each day to work. And from the get-go, they knew something wasn't exactly right with Iva you know I don't suppose you gentlemen have been around babies a whole lot but uh, they have milestones you know things that they're supposed to do by a certain point and Iva wasn't doing those things so her father carried her to town to uh, seek the advice of experts and evidently some people in town seen what she was uh, well her father returned home one day shortly thereafter to find her mother had been killed um, luckily she had hidden the little girl but uh, he left with her then and uh, traveled for a while and eventually once Hill Point was established they ended up here but uh, she's never she's never been able to connect to people so when he passed away it, it's it been really hard for her the only person that she will even try to speak with is Mel in Valinor did they not investigate her mother's murder why would they sweetheart it's it's not against the law to murder those of us who are, who are different who they think don't belong in most places it's completely acceptable that's why we all come to Hill Point. Uh, at this, Brigard's going to uh, uh, 
curl his curl his hands into fists and get angry at this. this for some this is a, a new lease on life uh, certainly for him and the other earthlings you know he doesn't know what other worlds there are he doesn't certainly know that other worlds may have magic and this one does and the fact that they brought this ugliness the slavery he he doesn't he doesn't uh appreciate he doesn't uh share the feeling of but they're they're doing stuff and that's awful sure wanton murder with uh no consequence just uh boils his blood a bit but uh so that's yeah he'll react that way to their her that that girl's mother's murder being so blase yeah my uh guess our direct problem is you see we have we have girls who are picking on a girl and as a result we have girls who are getting sent out to be met with slavers and while there's one crew of slavers gone I don't imagine that the trade has ceased. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not versed in that, but by any account, I don't think it's safe for these young girls to be running around out and down. A, a pack of wolves is as dangerous as a slaver to them. Exactly. My point being is... How long has everyone harassing her gone on without anyone doing anything about it? Well, it's not that we haven't tried. Uh, I can tell the children all day that they shouldn't be cruel to her. And when they're in my classroom, I can enforce that. But once they leave here, I have no way of, of controlling it. I don't think any of us walk down the street and see them do it and say nothing. But we can't have an adult assigned to every child to follow them everywhere they go. Especially when you're talking about these girls that are in their teens. If only it took adults to make children. And there'd be a system for, you know, keeping track of them. Some sort of organized collection of people enforcing and monitoring people? No, like in parenting, Brigard. Oh. Well, I... I severely doubt that their parents are okay with their behavior either. But children, they, when when they're not being actively watched, they do things that they shouldn't do. That's part of what makes them children. Yeah. But the problem is, is they're going off and getting themselves in a ton of trouble because of it. Supernatural and trouble. And everyone's convinced me that I can't go kill this genie yet. So for the time being, we have to stop the problem from the other end. Well, I could certainly send out notices to the parents to let them know that there that there is an issue and that they should talk to the children, that they should caution them against going out to this well and things. But I don't think I have the authority to enforce any of that. When I was a child, I greatly looked up to my teachers and my mentors as role models of behavior. Surely you have this connection with yours. You are a, you must be a, a well-regarded teacher to have such a important role in this community. Well, I, I think most of the parents appreciate the work that I do. Um, most of the students are not fine, you know, they're not fond of sitting behind a desk all day learning 
arithmetic and such. Um, so I, I can't say that I'm necessarily their favorite person. Yeah, they'll, they'll come to regret that. Don't worry. I mean, I will certainly talk to them, but that's really all I can do. Thing uh, is, is being strangers, or perhaps not strangers, but being new, we're not exactly sure what we can do. Well, I can tell you from my point of view, the biggest problem is that since her father died and she does not connect well with anybody else, it's hard to look after Iva. Um, other people have tried taking her in so that they could see to her and her needs and whatnot, and she won't She won't stay. And she is grown enough that... Uh, as far as size goes, that it's hard to physically force her to be somewhere. You would you would have to restrain her. And so now, instead of staying at home with her father and working on, you know, the butterflies, uh, she often wanders around town on her own. And if you try to talk to her, if you try to communicate with her, it, it just doesn't work. I, Russell, I, I actually believe I may have a possible solution for this. It, it seems, it seems she is a bit of a free spirit uh, after the horrors of what the large city of Valinor treated her with. Even a, a welcoming community such as Hillpoint may still seem a gilded cage. He wouldn't say gilded cage. That's a Don thing. Um, <laughs> Perhaps she she needs to be free like the butterfly. What if we were to apprentice her to someone who does get to come and go as they please and still serve as a important part of the community? You, uh, what was his name? I only know it because I just recorded uh, five minutes and I kept fucking up the name. Travis. Travis. Yeah. You're Perhaps the huntsman that we met on our way up to Hill Point, he seemed to have his entire life figured out. Perhaps this could be a way he could have some connection and this 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 poor this 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 poor child who's had nothing but the worst of luck. Perhaps this could be a way she could fulfill both worlds it's hell certainly ain't the most horrible thing I've ever heard of he's gonna kind of stop and be like um Sammy yes sir would you would you say uh I was well you're you're a teacher um I know not well hell long ago longer ago than I care to admit there was a whole lot of teachers who thought I was just an idiot. And there were, there were a couple of fairly intuitive ones out there who could spot something a little bit different. Potential. Um, Iva, I understand that she didn't meet these milestones and whatnot, but um, is this a, uh, an issue of her perception of the world or just an issue of her ability to communicate? I think it probably has more to do with her perception. 
Yeah. She can't read or write. She never got a grasp for arithmetic. But if uh, you have seen the butterflies she makes, mm-hmm. they're made out of the finest thread that, that uh, most people, they might use it for sewing, but they would not try to, to stitch it into patterns and, and such. It would be so difficult to work with. Um, I think perhaps she just, she can't be like the rest of us. So the world is a different place for her. Nor should she have to. This is a large world with people with horns and wings and tails. She shouldn't have to be forced to be stuck in this cocoon. She should be able to fly free. And if she's reaching the age where she's going to be less and less perceived as a child and more as a full adult, I feel like Travis may be a good compromise between the two. If if you can get her to talk to him, to interact with him, that, that seems to be the issue. Uh, I might be able to help facilitate that. I, I think she's a sweet girl. I think she's been hurt a lot. And I think these butterflies are her way of expressing herself. And I think on some levels she's lonely. I think that's the reason she has been known to retrieve her father's body. What about artisans here in town? Uh, there are some, um, but most of them are not like, I mean, there's the carpenter. He can do a lot of artisan work, but uh, most of the things you get like uh clothing and, and quilting and stuff it's that's the farmer's wives that do that kind of stuff note to self gamblers like to buy art I need to install an art community here um, that would actually be quite wonderful art is important and there's very I'm much not so. best art teacher <laughs> we'll see uh we, uh we may be going on a bit of an escapade here in a bit might see what we can find along the way. I've got a... I think I've got one more bedroom I haven't given away in that house. And maybe get an artist or two over here. Well, I mean, the artists like where I came from, we get six of them in one bedroom. True story. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is my <laughs> first apartment. <laughs> yes, if if you could bring some, some artists to the community, I'd, I'd love to have one of them come and work with the kids sometime. She's trying to say something. She's just trying to say it the way she knows how. That would be my guess. And I've tried for for a very long time to, to figure it out, but uh, she seems to be a, especially uh, distant from women. Maybe because she lost her mother so young. Anybody ever uh, try to bypass the language barrier? You know, magic. Mal talks to her and she will talk to him. She can speak. She just doesn't most of the time. Um, It's like there was a connection between her and her father. But she doesn't connect to other people. And without that connection, she won't communicate with you. 
I think she's drawn to Mal because of the way he typically... He treats her almost as if she were a princess when he addresses her. I think he makes her feel special. I think uh, you gentlemen will find if you haven't figured it out already, Mal is often who you need him to be. Miss Zelka, who runs the general store, she was brought up to believe that she was a descended from a noble lady, that her mother was a noble lady, and that even though she was a half work, she should be treated as a lady as well. So Mal treats her as such. Ivan needs to feel special, so he treats her as such. It makes me a little untrusting of him in some ways, but he tends to be what you need him to be. Makes leaves you wondering who he is. That is precisely what it leaves me wondering. You suspect he's hiding something? Maybe it's nothing more than he just likes to be all that he can be for the people around him. Do you suspect anything nefarious? I wouldn't say that I think he's nefarious in any way. It's just uh, when you see somebody act as such a chameleon, you have to realize that the person you know is probably not their true self either. Uh, Brigard looks on at the teacher um, very pit fiendly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that must be dreadful to not know who you truly are speaking to at any given point. I mean, I can say nothing bad about him. He's He's been good for the community. Uh, he does much to help everybody but uh, I don't know maybe it's because I'm a teacher maybe it's because I'm a mother but uh, do you remember being a child and having the public face you put on for all the grown ups and then the real person behind it no I, I don't remember that being a particularly childish trait actually yeah it seems like is something he he does with everybody but it's not consistent person that he pretends to be it is it is somebody different for each person um you know at this i'm actually gonna roll a uh, ask to roll a sense motive to see if she's um if this is concern or maybe she's like i don't know this may be more of a don than a brigger thing it just seems like i didn't really see eh, i don't know I don't know why I'm being so on the fence about things. Um, (laughs) I don't know what is what anymore. I feel like I live in Hill Point. Um, (laughs) You know what? Nah, I'm not going to do a sense motive. Uh, Brigard will take it at face value. I've heard about people like that. They, uh, most of the time it's because they have a hard time figuring out who they really are themselves issue you really got to answer when they're when they're really proficient at being who other people need is why are they doing it well if he's I, got the uh the good of the community in mind maybe he just has trouble being himself maybe hell maybe he's worn a mask so long he doesn't know what his own face looks like 
that may be and uh, that is part of the reason I try not to judge him harshly but uh, I believe that that is the reason he was able to connect with Iva well she have a, well she's been putting those butterflies out over the uh, the repaired section of town that might be a good spot where we might be able to find her well that is most likely where she's at um if you wouldn't mind, I would like to send some food with you because with the inn burned down and her not being able to go in and get something from Bari, I don't know how well she's been eating. Sure thing. We'll, uh, till the inn's back up and running, um, at the very least, if we, uh, we get out of town, I'll, uh, I can help see to that as well. I'll, uh, well, I'm getting stocks for food and everything already. I don't have an establishment open, so might as well go somewhere for now. I would appreciate that. I, I've had my boy run some things over and leave in front of her door, but uh, you never know whether she's going to pick them up or not or, or what she does with them if she does. So, Fair enough. And she will gather up a little basket worth of stuff to, to hand y'all. But y'all will have a, a good lunch as well. Uh, actual home-cooked meal. Yeah, burger will be uh, <laughs> really tucking in because uh, hangover food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? We're trying to figure out how to make this all work. The you know if Travis is in town or um I don't know he rarely comes into town uh, other than to drop off meat supplies and stuff so if he's in town especially with the end gone you'll likely find him down in the market area or over at the stables Russell will gather up the basket and kind of nod his head and be like well then um I'll tell you what, we'll uh, see what little we can do about this without, you know, well, frankly, I'm not going to go run around and chase a bunch of children around. You make a good point on that one. But maybe we can solve this problem from the other way, from the other way. And we'll uh, risk people, we'll have to risk people going out till, uh, to that well and making any wishes till I can go out there and take care of whatever's granting them. Well, I certainly wish you luck. Uh, I can't think of any way I can be of help, but if you think of something... You, uh... Is the hedonist about to hit on the teacher? (laughs) I was trying to be very good and not do it, but hold on, let me roll. Yeah, okay. <laughs> High numbers are pro-Russell hedonism, and that was a 93. <laughs> <laughs> Russell would just be like, well, you do plenty enough for this community, but I tell you what, here, well, hell, I don't know how much uh, they were going to have set up and whatnot, but um, I am going to have my establishment up here before too long. And... Um, if I remember something from my time in San Francisco, and, uh, well, frankly, a lot of teachers wouldn't necessarily appreciate being known. It's that they love to blow off steam. 
and that's exactly what I'm trying to put together. So, um, first few drinks are on me. Oh, well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, not much of, uh, a life outside the school for me here so far. Oh, we'll have to definitely fix that, because that's just, that's just a waste. I mean, don't get me wrong, noble work and all, but... Entertainment has been in short supply in the community. That is exactly what I aim to remedy, my dear. Well, um, a, a small favor, maybe. Name if, it. Uh, if it's not too much trouble. If in your establishment there happens to be a position that wouldn't require a lot of talking, could you maybe consider my boy? He's he's of age now. He's done with his schooling, but uh, since he doesn't speak, nobody will give him work. We can, uh, I think we can make that happen. I'm, matter of fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can let me think on it for a day. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say yes one way or the other. I mean, he's a smart boy. Um, his it's daddy was a, a, a physician, actually. And uh, so is he, uh, I, is he good with numbers? Oh, yes. he's. I've, I've not found anything really that challenges him. He just was born without the ability to speak. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. It's a... Uh, I was hoping for, uh, I'll be, you know, the stature of him and a good head on his shoulders. My initial thought's security, but I'd prefer people to, well, no offense, to talk their way out of problems before they become problems. But, um, understandable. I am looking at having a gaming hall, and that needs someone who's got really sharp eyes and a good head for numbers. And they don't necessarily need to be able to talk to anybody. Well, let me put it to you this way the entire time that Lila was gone every time that ship came around he would meet it at the one end of the island sneak aboard manage to stay on until he'd sneak off at the other end and they never knew he was there I don't know if this world has a word for it but if it doesn't I think I just met my pit boss that's that I was really lucky he was on the ship when it went down and they told me he had died and then it turned out that they were wrong. That is good. Stop and do I reckon, now that I see him, do I recognize Travis as one of the bodies from... Yeah, he, he was one of the bodies. Okay. Um, real quick, I believe I can... Hold on. This is going to be Russell's first opportunity to do this. Yeah, okay, I can. Um, he's going to kind of nod and be, be in deep thought about this job situation, and he's going to de- cast Detect Undead. He is not undead. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Uh, that's uh, it's Moss points for Rick. I was afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of nod his head and be like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be in touch. I'll... Uh, May have to teach uh, teach a couple of people sign, but well, he can always write too if he that works. needs to communicate, uh, and he hears everything that goes on around him. So, oh yes, 
he's going to stop and uh, he's actually going to immediately turn from Sammy and, and look towards Tristan and be like, so, um, you, um, well, we'll have to have an extended conversation, but, uh, pretty much I need someone to overlook a gambling hall, keep an eye out for cheaters or people taking advantage of the games. Someone who can keep an eye out for these things, keep track of who's winning what, who's doing what, so on and so forth. And um, someone who's good at, well, frankly, going unnoticed. You seem to be pretty well qualified for it. Would you be interested? Yeah, if I can get a job, make some money. Consider it done. Like, like he's sitting right there in front of his mom signing it, and he's just like, you do not know how badly I want to move away from home. <laughs> she just laughs at him. <laughs> I understand. Trust me. I, um, I quite literally got stolen away and never looked back. And, well, that's definitely not the way to go about it. But, no, nah, we'll uh, get you up on your own two feet. And, uh, yeah, we can make that work. And uh, one of the best things about me is people figure since I can't talk, I can't tell on them. They're not afraid to say things in front of me. That is so their shortcoming and um, one that we are going to use to our advantage. It's nice that you use the word advantage because goddamn, <laughs> you are a cunning businessman, Russell, says Don, not Briggard. Just let me know when to show up. Sure enough, I'll uh, I'll make sure to come by or um, Miss uh, Rylene, the uh, the priestess. I know her. Yeah, she's going to be uh, overseeing a different part of the establishment, and it's going to pretty much have uh, have managerial duties when I'm not in town. So it'll be me or her, me or her who will come by, depending on when all the construction gets done. You might want to consider having a statue of that woman placed in the center of it all. Why do you think I hired her? (laughs) And like Sammy will whack him on the back of the head. He'll just chuckle. I mean, don't worry. I mean, turnabout's fair play. If we were going to put one of Raylene up there, we'd have to find one for your mom as well. He kind of give a sideways glance to his mom and look back at you and be like, that might cause some issues. <laughs> Russell just grinned and be like, well, like I said. But yeah, he'll get up, um, shake Tristan's hand, and, uh, you know, offer his to uh, to Sammy as well. Uh, yeah, she will, she'll reach out and shake your hand and she'll be like, uh, anything I can do, just let me know. <laughs> Hopefully, we you can get the situation sorted with Iva, and I still think it would be best if these little girls didn't go wandering off in the woods by themselves. But yeah, he'll he'll nod and agree and be like, "Yeah, but if anything, my life's taught me is kids kids wandering off in the woods that that you're not gonna stop." But maybe we can uh, not cause the genie's ire to be riled and 
Maybe that'll just mean wandering off in the woods means all the other traditional things it normally does. And as she's shaking his hand, he'll lean down and kiss her palm. She'll giggle and she'll be like, okay, now get your little bad self out of here. This is a Ah, That never stopped me before, but if you insist, Russell, make sure he has the basket, take his leave. All right. Mr. Rick, are you still studying or like you doing anything? Uh, I mean, nothing has called his attention away. He He's trying to reach some level of breakthrough on figuring out how to uh, do the things where he can harness like steel uh, life force and soul power, essentially. All right. Okay, so then this is where we're going to take our break. So everybody can grab drinks, go to the bathroom, get a munchie, whatever. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Desters Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to seeing that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had to... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? (laughs) LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those too. Tune in to the podcast for the untimely dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. 
You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And this is last call, so finish your drinks, and we'll see y'all next time. <laughs>